Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 343 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is a weekly recruiting education podcast that gives you 15 minutes each week that will change your athletic scholarship future. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is a resource under the Recruit Me company umbrella. Recruit Me and Recruit-Me.com provide you with many free and inexpensive recruiting resources that will help you direct your own recruiting journey without spending thousands of dollars. Today's episode, episode 343, is part two of a two-part interview with an ex-professional baseball player. He was also a pro scout and is now the dad of a college baseball player. This episode will go a little longer than the normal 15 minutes to give you as much helpful recruiting information that this parent gives. Last week, Brandon Mosley laid out his past baseball experience and then walked you through his son Blake's recruitment to Division I Missouri State University and then the transfer to Johnson County Community College. Also, he hits on how COVID and a coaching change affected Blake's decision to transfer. Go to your favorite podcast app and listen to episode 342 or go to the recruit-me.com website. Today, we hit on more of Blake's journey, how his junior college helped him to get where he is now, Nebraska, and a lot of helpful information about junior colleges, name, image, and likeness information, and college offers. Let's jump into part two of this interview with Brandon Mosley. Some of the things that I kind of took away from uh, you going through his uh, the history of the recruitment and, and his college career so far is with all your experience with baseball, playing professionally, uh, uh, being a scout, you were actually surprised whenever they showed interest in your 5'7", 140-pound son. And, and that kind of hits me. I think it tells a, a good story that you never know when it's going to happen. And even if you think you know what's going on, it'll pro- it's probably going to be different than what you had perceived what, a re- what recruitment might be. Yeah, I think because I always looked at Blake out of the scouting lens. I looked at him instead of looking at him like he's my son. I looked at him like I was grading out a player as a scout. And I didn't think he was ready to be recruited. Well, these colleges did and they liked him. And they liked how he carried himself. And so it really sped up the process for us. We were green. We didn't know what we were doing. You know, he just started driving. I mean, um, he chose for himself the hometown team because he didn't want to have to deal with it. And and he wanted it to be over and done with. We got a really good offer financially from a local school whose head coach wanted him. The head coach offered us. The head coach wanted him. The recruiting coordinator wasn't involved because the prior recruiting coordinator was the one who put Blake on the map. He liked Blake a lot, and he kept telling Coach Gutton, you better get Blake, the local kid, before he puts on weight and gets bigger. You better get him. So we dealt with that for about a year before they really offered him. And so Nate was telling Coach Gutton, you know, get him before. I I believe, I I think, you know, I don't really know what conversations were like, but Coach Gutton wanted Blake. He liked Blake. We loved Coach Gutton still do i think at the time the assistant coach wasn't really as high on blake after nate had left so well and parker went through some coaching changes in his career and and i've i've done a uh, 
podcast about coaching changes and how you kind of have to be prepared and how that can change your situation. And and then a new coach comes in and now you're not their recruit. And so sometimes they just don't, you know, they want to get their people in. And then that was probably the situation that, uh, that, that Blake went through. You and Blake had the uh, maturity to handle, say, let's, let's just get out of the situation and go better ourselves. And like you said, Blake uh, bet on himself, which, uh, which was a uh, uh, hard for a uh, 20 year old to do, isn't it? Yeah. Very, yeah. It's hard. Hard, but that's the decision he made and I respected that and I can honestly tell you I, I don't know if I can even give you the words to explain what Johnson County did for him we got our son back instead of us not hearing from him for a couple of days on the phone and then when he did call he couldn't talk because he was so unhappy we got our son back he he was happy he was loving it and he was going to restaurants and, and hanging out with the team again and you know when he was at Missouri State he, he got to a state of mind where right after practice he wanted to be alone he didn't want to have anything to do with baseball people or, or friends or anything like that and then at Johnson County he got all that back he, he became himself again that's the biggest piece for me that meant the most and not to say that Missouri State did that to him I'm not saying that the, but for whatever reason there there was something there that there wasn't the joy that he had when he left that was in the in the COVID stuff too so listen we you know he was he's always had a great relationship with Coach Gutton I've had a great relationship with Coach Gutton in Missouri State our relationships have not strained or anything like that it's just uh, Blake changed who he was as a person and not in a good way you know, he wasn't going out and getting in trouble or anything. He just became secluded. And we didn't like that. The first week he was at Johnson County, I told my wife, I said, he's himself again. To be honest with you, it meant a lot. Well, and and to maybe clarify a, a little bit, you, you don't want to say it, but uh, there was there was a coach that was changing a lot of things for him, and he got to go to junior college and, like you said, be himself. Uh, they weren't there to change his swing. He was a hitter, and and uh, Johnson County let him get his swing back, and 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 he thrived doing that without uh, changing to what somebody else wanted him to do that was not comfortable. Yeah, they told him to be himself. You know, when you're a hitter and somebody tells you to be yourself, then that gives you a lot of confidence. One of the other things that I got out of there was whenever he put his name into the portal, whenever he uh, was going to leave Missouri State, basically phone calls started coming. Was there anything that he did or you guys did other than just receive phone calls from his name in the portal? Yeah, he got a few pretty good offers from some good schools that had, I don't know how they knew him. I really don't. He got some good offers from some bigger schools, which shocked me. Probably the the best advice I've ever given him and the only time he might have listened to me completely. <laughs> I told him, I said, son, this portal and this COVID stuff is going to be a train wreck. I said, this, this is going to ruin rosters. It's going to ruin coaches' careers. It, it's not going to be pretty. I said, if you want my advice, go the junior college route like you had talked about. Don't even waver on it and just stick true to what you feel. I said, because you're going to be wowed by some of these offers in the next couple of weeks. These rosters won't be settled out for five, six, seven years. And I told him, I said, so your, your gut instinct was to go to junior college. I would do that. We've got basically another year or so of, of portal and the, and the COVID stuff to kind of maybe play itself out here just a little bit. Yeah. I don't even know if it'll be played out then because now I think because of rosters being so 
weird. I don't think coaches know how to recruit the way they used to anymore. I, I think they're going after seventh and eighth graders and ninth graders because they're looking at rosters way down the road because they don't know what to do with their current rosters and, and, and still in the next couple of years again. I think it's really affected the way people are recruited. I think it, it's affected the way coaches look at kids. I don't know when it'll cycle through. You know, yeah. you'd like to be the high school seniors from COVID year that after them and be cycled through it. But I don't believe that. I, I think COVID ruined rosters, in my opinion, for eight to 10 years, personally. Another thing that I caught in, in your discussion is Blake talked to some guys that had come in to Missouri State from junior colleges and got to hear about their experience at a junior college. So, you know, one thing that we suggest is to try to find ex-college athletes or, or current college athletes and talk to them when you're being recruited. So that, that's one of the things that he kind of bumped into. And it sounded like that helped him a little bit to make his decision. Kids only listen to their parents so much, but they listen to their peers a lot. He had talking to two kids that had come from the junior college experience and they loved it. And so that really helped him. It was great going to a Johnson County game, just knowing the competition was going to be good, but rather he went 0 for 4 or 4 for 4 uh, in the second game of the doubleheader, he was going to be playing because those junior colleges, you know, they thrive on getting their kids scholarships to four-year schools. And so they throw the kids out there who need the four-year commitment quicker than the next kid. And so, you know, they're rebuilding rosters every year because they're trying to get kids to four-year school every year. Just the way it played out, the way they handled the way they handled the recruiting was so amazing. And I loved, not to repeat myself, but when that assistant coach decided to do weekly check-ins with Blake, um, really allowed Blake to have the freedom to have a whole week of playing baseball, you know, six games in a week, which junior college does. It was great. He'd play his six games, and then on his off day on Monday, he'd go in and have his recruiting meeting with the coach, and the coach would say, these are the schools I talked to. These are the schools that are going to offer. Here's what they're going to offer. And then on Tuesday, when they'd have a doubleheader, he'd already be done with that meeting. Wouldn't worry about it and play baseball until the next Monday. And it was a great experience. It was perfect. It was handled the right way, uh, and I love that. I told that coach, David Canary, after the season, I said, whatever Blake does the rest of his life, you will have a major impact on it because the way you handled this was exactly what he needed. So was that something that they marketed or told Blake that they would do for him as he came into Johnson County, or is that just something that they did? Yeah, we didn't really, it wasn't marketed to us for, for sure. But when the fall phone calls started and things started to happen, it kind of morphed into that because the coach had done it for other people in the past. And he just kind of, he came to me and Blake and he's like, hey, I can do this. And for us, it was a no brainer. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Not only would he talk to the school, talk to Blake on Mondays, but he was talking to schools throughout the whole week. And if they would call on another one of Blake's teammates and say, hey, uh, tell us about this kid, the right-hand pitcher. Well, this coach would say, well, I've also got a second baseman who's already got 15 offers. And so the, the schools that were calling, the assistant coach had interest, but he was also putting interest out there to other schools who would call maybe on another player and say, hey, how do you have a middle infielder? Because I got one for you. So is that something that a high school kid can maybe ask the JUCO program as, the, as they're kind of doing their research on junior colleges? Or do you think that's a little bit too brash to ask? No, I think anytime you can ask, say, hey, 
is, is there any way, you know, when I come to school, if I commit to play junior college ball for you, is there any way we can meet once a week and go over what's happening with my recruiting process for the four years? I don't think that's too much to ask. And I think it, it shows it shows those coaches, too, if you're in high school, that um, you have an ultimate goal of going there, doing well and, and playing beyond that. Also, you mentioned uh, about all the the college scouts that that came to the uh, to the games. Is that something you think the junior college marketed to get coaches there, or is it just because of reputation? I think that Jayhawk conference is so good in junior college that maybe it starts with reputation, but word of mouth for college recruiters is always the biggest thing. If one guy hears that a guy's going to watch a right-hand pitcher, well, they don't want for fear of missing out. They don't want to not be there, so they they follow the leader. I think that's how that happens. It's that way in pro scouting and it's that way in college recruiting. If you hear that somebody's interested in a player, well, all of a sudden you're more interested than you were. (laughs) It's kind of funny how that plays itself out, but that's how it happens. I I will say this, that Jayhawk conference for junior college, the way they do it in the fall is like Blake at the very beginning of the fall, there was twice where he showed up to a junior college to play and he would play against two different teams for five innings at a time. And then the next day he'd play against two other teams for five innings at a time. So he would play against four teams, 20 total innings, and there'd be four-year college recruiters at all four games, all 20 innings, because they wanted to see every pitcher they could. And so they would stay there for two days and watch them and they would get to see four teams to me i was like man that's put together really well these college these four-year college coaches get to see four different teams actually it was six because the way they ran it but they get to see these teams for two straight days and they got to get a good look at a bunch of different pitchers it was ran was really well and then after that those two weekends then they played against a certain junior college Double headers, always double headers. You know, one game would be nine innings, one game would be seven. So being prepared, whether you're going to a four-year school or a junior college, fall season is is a, is a big deal because that's when other coaches can see you because their their right. schedule's going on during the spring. So really, four-year schools have more time to to watch the uh, kids during during the fall season. Correct. The head recruiter at most of your big schools during the fall. They'll miss practice with their team to go out and recruit. One of the places we showed up had rosters, a grade point average, how many hours they had taken so far. I mean, it was amazing. It prepared those coaches to be able to make an offer to a kid and have a full screening of who they really were. I'm excited to see Blake, uh, Nebraska, and the D1 season starts real soon. Do they get to travel uh, here uh, the first weekend to get out of the cold? Yeah, they go to University of San Diego, and they play three there, and then they go to Mobile, Alabama to play South Alabama, and then they play in that Dome Classic up in Minneapolis their third week. I think Vanderbilt is there, Hawaii is there, and maybe Southern Miss, I think, maybe. So that's his third weekend, and then he opens up at home the following midweek, I think, against, I don't remember, oh, against Creighton, I think. And then Nebraska is a great sports town, and, and, and Parker got to play there. Unfortunately, he gave up a home run uh, to a corn husker there but uh we won't oh, talk too much about that but, uh, it was a great great experience and looking forward to seeing seeing blake uh, as a corn husker did you give a number of how many schools maybe were looking at him out of junior colleges as he made his decision into nebraska or do you even know 
Yeah, it was a lot. I mean, it was, you know, again, he was putting up big numbers. Tell us a little bit about the negotiation on, you know, he was getting offers. Is it somebody, do they just come and kind of one up another school? Or is that something that that Blake or you would say, hey, we're getting this offer from so-and-so. What can you do? And kind of imply that you're looking for a little bit more. So it's funny. So when they would contact Blake before he turned it all over to his assistant coach, Blake didn't want to tell another school what another school was offering. He, I don't know what his reasoning was, to be honest with you. Well, he's he 20 would, years old, and it's hard. that's hard to do for a 20-year-old. He didn't want to do that. So uh, I sat down with that assistant coach who said he would take it all over. I talked to him. He asked me the question, if these other schools ask what he's being offered another school, can I tell him? And I said, yeah, you better make sure they know. Through that spring semester, before he committed to Nebraska, he'd get an offer on a Monday, and then when the following Monday rolled around and we'd be talking about it this coach would say well so and so asked how much xyz school is offering and i told him so he offered 10 percent more and so we get constant updates like that and so yeah it became like a negotiation i, I will tell you this the only time blake talked money because kids always think well mom and dad will pay for it whatever i don't get so um <laughs> the only time blake talked money is he had that good series where all those college coaches were there nebraska had already offered him but he had a great weekend in front of some big schools and they were going to make good offers and nebraska knew that they weren't dummies and so they called blake they didn't call the assistant coach this time they called blake and they said we we want you to be a cornhusker we don't want to miss out on you we've already made an offer you came to our school to visit what do we have to to do and Blake out of his own mouth said I need more money and the next day he get he got it you don't have to answer this but a lot of people think that baseball and other sports are going to get a full ride so what is a good offer for a high level division one baseball player well I think that you know the minimum offer you can get that they have to offer you is 20 percent and so I think if you get 30 40 50 percent that's a great offer especially if you got good grades because you can get money elsewhere Blake committed to Missouri State, and I don't mind telling you, he he got a 40% offer, but the other 60% we got paid for from local scholarships. Right. Both my wife and her mom were graduates of Missouri State. Um, We got like an alumni scholarship, um, like a, I don't remember what they call it, a continuing education alumni scholarship or Mm -hmm. something. When all was said and done, and he started his first day on campus, we didn't owe a red cent, but only 40% of that money came from baseball. One of the myths is I'm going to play a college sport and I'm going to get a full ride scholarship. And we, unfortunately, we have to uh, pop the balloon, say, no, you're probably not going to get a full ride athletic scholarship. Blake's a high level. So I just wanted my families to know that most sports, you're not going to get a full ride athletic scholarship. There's ways that if you're willing to work and do things and write essays or whatever and get you, there's other things out there. You know, Blake, he went to Nebraska on a 70% scholarship. The other 30%, we've been very blessed. We don't know Nebraska either because the other 30% came from other things. Um, right. He got a academic money, but he got a, a small, he was blessed that he got a small NIL package from a local company that he went out and chased on his own and it covered the rest of it. So Well, great. I'm going to have to uh, get on and uh, have him do a shout out for recruit me and then pay him like, what was it? 20 bucks or something. Yeah. You know, what's really cool is the, and I think some other schools are doing this uh, university of Nebraska set up his own fan page. Um, I forget what they call it, but you can click on his link through it's his called open, open doors or 
I don't know. I honestly yeah. don't know. You would know more than me. People can click on this and he'll send a, a happy birthday shout out to a local kid from number 28 at University of Nebraska, Blake Mosley. And it's he gets 20 bucks. They'll click on a link where he shows up to the birthday party for 100 bucks. All these things he can do, send an autographed photo, This the school set up themselves. And so it teaches him business too, which is really good. Like he's got teammates who push themselves every day to make that extra money. And then there's guys like Blake who will do it every now and then. And then there's guys I'm sure who don't do it at all. No matter which option you choose, the school set it up and, and he's got his own page. It's got pictures of him in his Nebraska uniform and he can do local appearances and make a little extra money. Yeah, he went to a local furniture store on a weekend where they're doing a furniture sale, and they found it on the website. I think he made like $500. It's pretty cool that he's learning that side of it, how to market himself, how to talk, uh, how to look somebody in the eye, and, uh, you know, because baseball is going to be over. You know, he's got this year and next year, and his baseball career will be over. Um, And I think that he's learning these other things is really good. Well, it's 64 degrees here in Ozark, Missouri, and I think you and I have maybe a maybe a two or four hour meeting that we need to go to later this afternoon. Hit them straight. So I'm going to ask one more question. Is there any advice that you want to give uh, a couple pieces of advice you want to give to maybe some uh, high school students or maybe even some JUCO players uh, on, uh, on recruiting that, that uh, maybe you picked up uh, with Blake as, as you went through the process? Yeah, I think for me as a parent, my advice to parents would be put your pride aside. I think because I experienced baseball at a high level, I worked for a pro team for a long time. I played professionally. I had aspirations for my son that he should start at a big school. He should be an all-conference player as a freshman. It was wrong of me. It was too much for him to handle, and it was my pride. Um, Even when he hit the portal after COVID, my pride still wanted him to accept one of those bigger school offers, and so I was able to sit back and think about it and say, you know what, go to junior college. And I think that as a parent, I've met a lot of parents there at the Marucci Training Center, and I talked to them, and I think it's easy to fall in love with keeping up with the Joneses. And so if I, my advice for parents, put your pride aside. Um because their happiness matters more than the billboard that you get to say, my son is going to this school because that only lasts for five days. Well, and I don't know that I ever told you this, but I I remember Parker coming home and saying, we have a sophomore, we have two sophomores that have committed to a division one and I can't get anybody to look at me. And I think Parker was going into his senior year. So Blake and uh, Carson's uh, recruitment lit a fire under Parker to get after it a little bit in a good way because he was waiting for somebody to come and see him play. And that that basically sparked him to say, Let, let's go out and let's contact some coaches and tell them who I am. On the parent side, you know, I wrote a long essay about you know, parenting and sports. I think as a parent that we want what we want because we want to brag on our kids. And I think what our kids want is just to be happy. You know, Blake, Blake's first go around in division one, uh, he was playing the game every day to stay in the lineup. Yeah. You know, he was doing just enough to stay in the lineup, you know? Uh, and when he went to Johnson County, you know, he started trying to hit the ball over the trees. It was just a complete change in mindset and it affected, you know, his numbers in a good way. He's you competing know, against, you know, uh, you got a 19 year old competing against 22 year olds. 
Correct. That's what, that's what makes JUCO a, a, a good option for a lot of uh, people because you nope. get to actually compete against another 19 and 20 year old and, and instead of, uh, you're, you're, you're basically a freshman in high school again, or maybe an eighth grader trying to make the varsity squad. And the good thing about junior college is if you're a hitter, you're going to get at bats. If you're a pitcher, you're going to get innings. And if you go to a division one school as a pitcher, for example, and you can't crack that rotation or be a weekend guy, um, you may go through a whole semester and only throw 15 innings. Right. And well, um, we thought Parker's freshman year, he if he got 15 to 20 innings, we were going to be tickled to death. And he got 40, I think 36, right. actually. He went in there and, and performed his fall semester, you know, the, the fall season, and then and then through strike. You, you But you've got to understand that you may not play very much your freshman and sophomore year, and that, yeah. that's, that's hard to do. Well, it's hard on your development. If you're not out there playing, you don't get developed. Yeah, I, I'm huge on the development, and junior college offered that, so it was great. Thank you to Brandon Mosley for sharing all the great information about Blake's journey. There are so many nuggets of information in both part one and part two of this interview. Email me, brent at recruit-me.com if you have any comments or questions about the interview. More player and parent coaches interviews are available at recruit-me.com along with a sign up for the free recruiting power pack, a free recruit me monthly newsletter, and the $39 recruit me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. Join me next week for another episode of the world's longest running recruiting education podcast, the athletic scholarship podcast.